0: Well, hey, uh, weather's been kind of rough lately. You guys notice, John? Here, a little rain action. All right, check this out. Well, once there was this really horrible flood here in Vegas, and everybody made it to complete safety except for one guy. Guess who? Wearing the cool Stuart shirt. Kenny. Okay, that's right. He didn't make it to safety. Go figure. But anyway, so he climbs on top of his house, and the water's lapping up at his feet there. And as fate would have it, though, a helicopter flies overhead, hangs down this rope down to Kenny, and says, hey, climb up. But Kenny said, he yells out to the helicopter, he says, hey, listen, it's all right. It's all right. The Lord's going to save me. And the helicopter flew away. Well, again, the water continued to rise and get higher and higher. But as fate would have it, this time a boat came by to save Kenny. But once again, Kenny shouted out. He says, no, 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 go away. The Lord will come and save me. And so the boat sped off. Well, the water was getting seriously deep by now. and, and, And fortunately, another helicopter comes by, lowers down a rope to Kenny. But Kenny, right on cue, once again says, hey, I don't need saving. My Lord will come. And so reluctantly, the second helicopter flies off. Well, the rain continued to pour down, the water continued to rise, and unfortunately, guess what? Kenny drowned, that's right. Okay, so he's at the gates of heaven, and there he sees, guess who, St. Peter. Apparently, he's always there, and so Kenny's all confused, and he asks St. Peter, he says, hey, Peter, what's up with this? What's going on here, man? I've lived the life of a faithful Christian man. I put up with Pastor Billy every single week. I'm a born-again Christian, and why didn't you rescue me? And St. Peter replied to Kenny for crying out loud, Kenny. We sent you two helicopters and a boat. Okay. Yes, you got that just now. That's right. But uh, anyway, as you guys can see, number one, obviously, Kenny needs help. That's a given, pretty much each week, uh, except for that shirt. That's pretty groovy. Uh, but uh, but how many guys would say he learned the hard way that when God sends you His provision for your needs, you just need to reach out and take it the first time? Okay. And, folks, believe it or not, I've learned it's not just the same thing with Kenny, apparently, uh, and being flooded on the top of his house. It's the same thing with the Bible, okay? All of God's provision, all the help we need, everything we need is right here in this book. But just like Kenny in that story, folks, unfortunately, we don't reach out and take it, let alone even the first time. And so, what happens is we get drowned, even as Christians by our circumstances therefore this morning I hope there's one mistake that you and I as Christians especially here at sunrise never make and that is this concerning the Bible please would you never ever 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 doubt that the Bible really did come from God and folks as we've been seeing with our study that's no longer the case today even Christian Christian non-Christian it doesn't seem to matter today due to an ongoing skepticism of a century or more and false criticism towards the Bible people even Christians are starting to doubt that the Bible really came from God. Therefore, to stave off this criticism and hypocrisy, even in the church, unfortunately, we're going to continue our study. Did the Bible really come from God? Yes, praise God, all one person named Holly sitting over there. Okay, and what we've been doing, folks, you've been tracking with this. We're taking a look at the 10 lines of solid logical evidence proving the Bible really did come from God. As if God needs to do that, yet he does. He's so gracious to us. And so far we've seen the first seven lines of evidence showing us that the Bible came from God. And that was, hello, Jesus says so, the apostles say so, history says so, transmission standards say so. And last time if you hear manuscripts and archaeology says so, that was mind-blowing, wasn't it? I thought so anyway and what we saw was not only do we have copies of the bible within the actual year of the writing hello unlike secular writings that nobody questions mind you okay like plato and aristotle 1200 and 1400 years removed from the original respectively nobody doubts those but we got portions of the bible within the actual year of writing Okay, and as we saw with archaeology, it proves that it came from God because God is holy, he cannot lie. And they say that, well, it's got historical inaccuracies, but that's not true. Archaeology proves that everything God says is right on even historical accounts, literal accounts, even with the people of Israel going through the Red Sea and the chariots being destroyed of his. We find that under the seas. We saw there amongst other things. It's really amazing, but that's not all. The eighth line of logical evidence showing us the Bible had to come from God this one's wild, folks, is, hello, Bible prophecy says so, right? If a book came from God, then you would think that it would contain things that only God would know, which would be the future. Well, guess what? It does. In fact, he tells us this is one of the evidences that my hand is all over this thing. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 42, Isaiah 42, verses five through nine. Let's take a look at the text there, our opening text. How do you know the Bible came from God? Well, let's take a look. Isaiah 42, verses five through nine. Okay, God, he not only created everything as we're going to see, but folks, I mean, only he could know the beginning from the end. He's above and beyond all that. He is from the eternal realm. He is the self-existent one, the supreme being. Okay, and so he records for us things that only he could know. It's a wonderful sign. The Bible really came from him. Stalled enough time. Isaiah 45, uh, 42, verse 5. Let's start right there. Here's what it says. This is what, who? God, the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives life, uh, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. Listen, if God created the universe and he did, and he created the earth and he did, and he created all of life, including you and I, and he did, and the Bible says he upholds and sustains it, and he takes a hold of our hand as his children, don't you think he knows how to take care of us? That's for a whole nother sermon. That's just a little bonus there. Okay, and let's continue on. He said, I'm going to take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind. To free captives from prison. To release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That's my name. And I'm not going to give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Listen. See the what? The former things have taken place. And what? New things I declare. Listen to this before god speaking before they spring into being i what god announces them to us right so how do we know that the bible came from god well folks if you're paying attention the eighth line of evidence is predictive prophecy says so okay what did we just read god is not only the creator of all things but as the creator of all things being a supreme being okay he knows about all things before they ever even happen right and the way that he demonstrates that knowledge is by recording for us these prophetic events in the Bible before they ever even happen. And by the way, when he does so, he gets them 100% of the time, 100% accurate every single time. Okay. Now, as we saw before in our study, this is radically different than these so-called psychics out there who try to predict the future. Listen, as we saw before, if you were at that study, they get 92% of things wrong. God gets 100% right every single time they get it 92% wrong all the time statistics would say and the remaining 8% is can be explained away by general circumstances okay so there's nothing special about that but when God makes a prediction about the future it's not only 100% accurate 100% of the time but he does so with intimate details right down to the T which again is radically different again as we saw with the psychics before they're big intimates you know prophetic event that they say ah oh, you should come listen to me and pay cash okay for this uh, exciting prophecy about your life i'm going to prophesy something incredible listen to this you live in downtown new york city there's approximately i don't know 5 million people and you're going there in rush hour and as soon as you get out of your house you're going to see somebody you've never seen before <laughs> Duh. you can say that if you'd like okay that's not what god does when god prophesies man he doesn't say stuff like that that's a bunch of baloney he gets very specific and he's 100 percent accurate every single time and again this whole point i'm bringing this up bible prophecy god predicting things before they even happen it's a logical proof that the bible had to come from him and the reason why is because think about it folks if a book were really to have come from god who's above and beyond all time then we would expect that that book should therefore contain things that only God could know, right? And so let's put it to the test. Does the Bible contain things that God can only know proving that it came from him? Yes, Old Testament, New Testament, all over the place. There's tons of them throughout the Bible proving that God is the one who wrote this thing. Man could never get these things right. I don't care how many times you try and he's very specific, okay? And the first thing that God accurately prophesies tells us in advance, before long ever happened, proven this book came from him, is the rise and fall of nations. Okay? The rise and fall of nations. So let's take a look at just one occurrence of how God predicts the rise of nations. And this is from the book of Daniel. Okay, chapter 2, verse 36, verse 38, 39 through 40 and 45. He says this. Now, that was the dream. He's talking to Nebuchadnezzar, if you're familiar with that text. And now I'm going to tell you what it means. Okay? God's giving you this dream. Now, you, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of gold. But after you're gone, another kingdom will rule but it won't be as strong and then it will be followed by a kingdom of bronze that will rule the whole world next a kingdom of iron will come to power crushing and shattering everything god has told you what is what going to happen he's prophesying a prophetic event okay and folks if you're familiar with that passage boy did god ever tell nebuchadnezzar (laughs) down to the t what's going to happen If you're not familiar with this, this is Daniel's amazing prophecy about the rise of four totally different nations on the planet, listen, existing hundreds of years apart from each other. The first kingdom was the one that was there with Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, the kingdom of Babylon. The second one was the Medo-Persian empire. The third kingdom he spoke about was the Grecian empire with Alexander the Great. And the fourth one was the Roman empire that's gonna be revived again in the last days, okay? And you might think, well, so what? What's the big deal about that? But folks, you gotta realize that the skeptics realize this is a huge deal, okay? The skeptics readily admit that when you read the text of Daniel, that man, how, whoa, he got every single one of those nations right down to the T. How in the world can he do that? In fact, so much so that they realize the importance of this prophecy, and Daniel nailed it to the T under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, okay, that they try to deny its supernatural origin, the book of Daniel. So much so, and they actually would like to say that the book of Daniel was written after these events took place. These nations came to power because it's basically their way of saying, hey, listen, don't confuse me with the facts. Uh, There's no way that he could ever get all these right unless it came from God. Well, guess what? You don't have to mess with the textual evidence. Daniel wrote it before it happened. Okay, That's what the evidence says. It's just your fancy way of saying, don't confuse me with the facts. God did it, folks. Okay. Okay, and that, that's, just, that's just one of them, okay? And, and, but that's not all. The Bible not only talks about the rise of nations. That's just four of them in a row, one after another. The Bible also predicts the downfall of nations, okay, before they ever happen. And by the way, as a side note, many of these nations were destroyed. Pay attention to the Bible because of their ill treatment of the Jewish people. I'm thinking maybe there's a historical lesson there for us even here today. Okay, okay. But anyway, let me give you a couple examples of those. The Bible specifically predicted... And the book of Nahum, that the nation of Nineveh, listen to these specifics. Again, this isn't you're walking down New York and you. No. Nineveh would not just be destroyed. The Bible says, the book of Nahum, the prophet, said it would be permanently destroyed. It would be destroyed specifically by fire, it would easily be captured. Okay, Nineveh. Nineveh, if you guys know anything about Nineveh, these guys, when they came to a place, uh, people just freaked out in fear because they were absolutely barbaric. They skinned people alive. When they, if, they, if they kept them alive, they put their heads, uh, uh, after they killed them, they put them up on stakes, and so people would just freak out. Here they come again. They were brutal. Uh, if they let you live, they put fish hooks in your lip, and they drugged you away into captivity. I mean, just the fear of the Nineveh, ah, people would surrender. And yeah, and they were a massive warrior race of people and yet the bible says you're you're not like going to be destroyed you're going to be permanently destroyed you're going to be destroyed by fire listen you're going to be easily captured what these guys who instill and listen their army officers their great warriors are going to desert and they're going to be drunk in their final hours now how's that for some specifics now that's not nothing bland like the so-called psychics today and so the question is did god get it right Yes, he did, Al. Thanks for asking. Okay, he doesn't lie. He gets it right 100% of the time. He's holy, okay? Not only did Nineveh cease to exist shortly after this prophecy, but listen, just like Nahum said, listen, archaeologists have uncovered a layer of ash in its ruins, showing it was destroyed by fire. And we got another piece from the Babylonian records that revealed that when Nineveh was overtaken, it was easily overtaken. You know why? Because their officers, for some reason, flood the scene. And then another piece of history, a Greek historian tells us that, quote, the king gave much wine to his soldiers that night, and it caused them all to be drunk. Exactly like the Bible said was going to happen, right down to the T. But this isn't just Nineveh. Let me give you another one. The book of Isaiah prophesied that the nation of Babylon would specifically be overthrown by the people of the Medes. Listen, that their gates would open for a guy not named Billy Bob, Joe Bob, Chuck, as cool as those names are, especially in the South. Right, Josh? Thank you, okay. No, they specifically said it's gonna be overthrown by a guy named Cyrus, calls the name out, okay? And that they would be reduced to swampland. So did God get it right? Yes, he gets it right every single time, okay? Today it's common knowledge that the Medes joined up with the Persians to conquer Babylon. And despite their incredible defenses, you talk about nobody was thought to ever get into Babylon. Just their gates, folks, were so big, so high, so huge, that they used to, the, the, they were so deep, the, the, the gates, the walls surrounding the city, they had chariot races around the top of them. There was no, nobody could get into Babylon. But listen to what happened, folks. Okay, history records that a guy, guess what his name was? Cyrus, okay, diverted the flow of the river Euphrates. There was only one way to get in that city. They had the river Euphrates going through it, okay? So he diverted the flow of the river Euphrates and so he dried up, he marched in underneath the gates there, the walls there, okay, and despite their incredible defenses, uh, Cyrus not only uh, took them down, just like the Bible says, okay, but now it's underwater, the remains of Babylon's totally destroyed, and it cannot be dug up parts of it because it's swamp-like in that condition that's just what the Bible Am I starting to see a track record here with God let me give you I think just maybe a couple more here uh the book is of Ezekiel the book of Amos the two prophets there talk about the city of Tyre okay don't go there because you always fall asleep no wrong kind of Tyre okay that's right now you're waking up okay uh the city of Tyre T-Y-R-E okay uh would listen listen to these specifics would specifically be attacked by many nations right not just one but many its fortresses would fail Okay. Listen to this: their stones, timber, and soil would be thrown into the sea. That's kind of weird. And the remains of the city, all that would be left is now it's a place to spread fishing nets. That's what God said, right? So again, one more time: the question is, did God get it right? Yes, He did. You talk about specifics. This is cool. Babylon was the first to overthrow the city of Tyre. Okay. But if you understand what was going on with Tyre, okay, they had two fortresses. You had the mainland area there. Okay, but then they had this little island fortress out in the bay, okay, is what they would do. And so when Babylon came uh, and to overthrow it, they did, they got the mainland fortress, but the people retreated out to their little island fortress and they escaped total destruction. Well, wait a second, does that mean God got it wrong? No, pay attention, he wasn't done yet. Almost 250 years later, remember it was gonna be attacked by many nations, Alexander the Great comes along, he attacks the city of Tyre, and when he did, the people did the same thing. <coughs> We're going after your little fortress thing and they probably danced just like that jared what do you think yeah whatever yeah anyway so 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 they go back out to the island fortress but unlike nebuchadnezzar unlike the babylons uh when uh alexander attacked them, he didn't stop okay listen to what he did history records for us that alexander the great guess what he did he took the rubble from Tyre's mainland ruins that he destroyed okay he took the stones timber and soil and he cast them out into the sea repeatedly, making a land bridge all the way out to their island fortress. I was looking at it last night. And you could still see the bridge that he made from the ruins of the city. How many guys would say that, unlike that dancing thing, JR, that when he was probably about halfway to there, they were stopping going like this? Nah, nah, nah. They were starting to freak out a little. You know, so he's getting closer. He's getting, oh, right? And that's exactly what happened. But again, as history records, the city of Tyre was repeatedly destroyed. Not only by uh, Babylon and by uh, Alexander the Great, but by the Phoenicians, by the Romans, the Crusaders, even the Muslims. And today, Tyre is nothing. I was looking at a picture again last night. It was a now just, the remains of the city is a flat, barren rock. And guess what the people there right now today do there? It's a little tiny fishing village there, and they spread out their nets, and even today. That's all it's left exactly like the Bible said would happen. Now, here's the whole point, folks. I'm not a rocket scientist, okay, and, uh, but I say there's no way in the world that any one of these prophets could know this specific information about the rise and the falls of these nations down to the T in advance without some outside help. How about you? In fact, logically, uh, to me, the only way they could know it is if somebody who was mm, above and beyond time who knew the beginning from the end personally told them about it, and my theory is that person is probably God. And it's all right here in the Bible, long before it ever happened, right down to the T, proving this book really did come from him, okay? But that's just the first half. The second half that we need to deal with, the second thing that God prophesies 100% of the time, 100% accurate, every single time, showing us that the Bible really did come from him is now the arrival of the Messiah. Man, this is absolutely mind-blowing when you take a look at the statistics. Let's take a look at just one passage, familiar passage, hopefully, Isaiah chapter seven, Verses 13 through 14 says this. Then Isaiah said, "Here now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also." How many of you guys would say just based on that verbiage, they're kind of in trouble? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he says, "Listen, now he's got to prove it to you. How could you ever doubt God? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign, and here it is: the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and we're going to call him what?" Emmanuel in other words God with us is speaking of course of Jesus Christ right now folks again most of us Hopefully are familiar with this prophecy that Isaiah made towards the coming of the Messiah Jesus Christ that he would be Born of a virgin right we hear about it every Christmas year it would seem and rightly so but Unfortunately sometimes I think we've heard it so much we've lost its significance but here's the point Okay as amazing as the virgin birth was okay a sign predicting how do you know the Messiah is really here Okay just one thing that's just one that's just one of hundreds, not dozens, hundreds of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, proving in fact he was indeed the arrival of the Messiah. Okay, Let's take a look at just 30 of them. Okay, just thirty of them. He nails every single one right down to the T. Of course, we just saw that the Messiah would be born of a virgin, Isaiah chapter seven. He'd be born specifically of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Genesis twelve, Numbers twenty-four. He'd be a descendant from the tribe of Judah, Genesis forty-nine. He'd be heir to the throne of King David, Isaiah chapter nine. He'd be born specifically in Bethlehem of all places, Micah five. There would be a slaughter of the innocents. That's what Herod did, Jeremiah thirty-one. As he looked for him, uh, he, he would take off and fly to Egypt not on a plane that means he's trying to flee case you're wondering. Okay. Uh, Hosea chapter 11. He'd be preceded by a forerunner. John the Baptist. Isaiah 40. Malachi chapter 3. He'd be declared to be the son of God. Psalm chapter 2. He'd have a ministry in Galilee. Isaiah chapter 9. He would uh, come to heal the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61. He'd be rejected by his own people. Isaiah 53. He'd have a triumphal entry. Zechariah 9. He'd be betrayed by a friend. Judas Iscariot. Psalm 41. Sold for not a buck 25, $278.19. 30 pieces of silver or he'd be sold for uh, Zechariah chapter 11 he'd be accused by false witnesses Psalm 35 the Messiah would be silent to the accusations listen while he was being beaten the Bible says he didn't even utter a word what amazing fulfillment Isaiah 53 he'd be spit upon and spitten Isaiah 50 he'd be hated without reason the Messiah Psalm 35 and he, his hands would be pierced before crucifixion was uh, uh, invented and perfected by the Romans Hundreds of years before that the bible predicted the messiah's hands would be pierced psalm 22 He'd be crucified with transgressors. Isaiah 53. He'd be scorned and mocked psalm 22 He'd be given vinegar and gall psalm 69 He'd say a prayer for his enemy psalm 109 father forgive them for they don't know what they do what an amazing fulfillment He his, uh, they would gamble for his uh, clothing psalm uh, 22 uh, No bones would be broken psalm 34 his side would be pierced zechariah chapter 12. He'd be buried with the rich isaiah 53 he would rise from the dead psalm 16 and 49 and he would ascend to god's right hand psalm 68. okay now folks that's just 30 of them okay and here's the point we've seen this before but for one person to specifically fulfill all of those prophecies it isn't just amazing but again i don't think we get just how amazing it is just how much god is streaming out from the bible it really came from me until you look at the odds of something like this taking place we've seen this before but once again in this context by using the modern science of probability we find that the chance that any man jesus okay even jesus that any man may have lived down to the present time and fulfilled just eight we just saw 30 this is just for eight eight of those prophecies is calculated mathematically as one in 10 to the 17th power now in order for us to comprehend this staggering probability it can be illustrated by taking 10 to the 17th power of silver dollars and that would be enough to cover the whole state of Texas two feet deep. But we're still not done, okay? Then you've got to take one silver dollar, mark a red X on it, chuck it out in the mask, stir the whole thing up, blindfold the guy, okay? Stir the whole thing up, the whole state of Texas, and he's got one chance. He's got one pick. And he has to get that one silver dollar with the red X on it in the whole state of Texas two feet deep. Now, here's the point. What are the chances that he get the right one? Well, listen, that's the exact same amount of chance, quote-unquote, that the prophets would have of writing just eight of those prophecies and having them come true in one guy. Now, listen, let's continue on. Furthermore, the odds of 48 prophecies being fulfilled in one man would be estimated 1 in 10 to the 157th power. And to give you an idea of just how big that number is, the estimated number of electrons in the whole universe is 1 in 10 to the 79th power. And 48 prophecies is 1 in 10 to the 157th. Folks, Jesus didn't just fulfill the 30. He didn't even just fulfill 48. Jesus fulfilled over around 300 prophecies. It's impossible. It's God's way of saying there's no way that this could happen by chance, okay? In fact, the only way it could happen is that if somebody knew the beginning from the end who was above and beyond time, told these guys about it and they wrote it down, and I wonder who that might be. Rhymes with God, you guys are on the ball, okay? But that's all. The Bible also predicted centuries before it happened about the arrival of Messiah in the book of Daniel. You talk about specifics. He predicted the arrival of the Messiah, specifically in Jerusalem, down to the exact day. This is wild. This is in Daniel chapter 9, and he predicted, if you do the math, that 173,880 days later from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, and we know without a doubt when that date was in history, that 173,880 days later that the Messiah would come to Jerusalem and be cut off from his people. Now, that's pretty specific, right? Okay? And so, Quinn, the question is what happened 173,880 days later in Jerusalem? Well, if you do the math, folks, that puts us at, listen, March 30th, AD 33, and can anybody guess what happened on that day? That is the exact day when Jesus Christ made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where he was rejected and cut off from his people. Now, that's specific. But that's still not all. The Bible not only predicted many specific events concerning the first coming of Jesus, the Messiah. As we've been seeing in our final countdown study, he predicts a whole bunch of events that are going to take place as signs it's getting close to the second coming of the Messiah. And let's take a look at just 30 of them. And you tell me if we're getting a little, little close to his return. Okay, if any of these things have come to pass. Let's take a look. The Bible said before the Messiah would come that Israel would return to the land again. Does that happen? Uh Uh-huh, Isaiah 43. That Israel become a nation again. Did that happen? Uh Uh-huh, Isaiah chapter 11. That Israel become a nation in one day. That happened, Isaiah 66. Israel become a united nation, Ezekiel 37. Israel would have a powerful military, Zechariah chapter 12. Their currency would become the shekel again. It has, Ezekiel 45. Israel would blossom as a rose in the desert, Isaiah 35. Uh, Israel become a source of world conflict right before the Messiah came back. It's almost like if that were to be true, Ruth, that we should be able to turn on our TV and see that. Oh, we do. Every day. That's what's going to happen before the Messiah comes back the second time the Bible says that Israel will rebuild that temple. Boy, they're getting close, aren't they? Revelation chapter 11, that you'd see a massive increase of travel across the planet, Daniel 12, a massive increase of knowledge across the planet, Daniel chapter 12 again, an increase of unrest. Is our world restless today? Second uh, Timothy 3, there'd be an increase of earthquakes, Matthew 24, increase of famines, Matthew 24, increase of disease or pestilence, Luke 21, increase of wars. Is that happening today? Maybe? A Matthew chapter 24. Increase of weird things going on in the sky, uh, Luke 21. Increase of global catastrophes, Joel chapter two. Increase of false Christ on the planet, Matthew 24. Increase of false teachers, Matthew 24. Increase of wickedness, 2 Timothy three. Be, the church would go into apostasy, what? It's almost like what we just finished. Uh, I guess it is. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. uh, The world would push for a one world religion. Wait till we get to that. Revelation 13. People of God would be persecuted and hated across this whole planet just because they love Jesus. Is that showing any signs of... You yeah, know again, which we get to that Matthew 24 there would be a rise of an antichrist and a false prophet revelation 13 There'd be a push for a one world government revelation 13 there arise a big global universal society on the planet boy That's gonna be pretty creepy revelation 13 There'd be a push for a one world economy and one guy one guy on the whole planet would control all the buying and selling on the planet revelation 13 And the way he'd control it is there'd be a push for some sort of a mark of the beast to put in people specifically called out specifics right hand not their toe or their forehead, and it would happen all across the planet. Now, folks, that's, that's a pretty neat list there. I don't know about you, but I'll I tell you what, I, I'm so glad we see absolutely zero signs of that taking place, any of those. Every single one of them's happening. <laughs> and those are all things that God said would happen just before my son came back. And by the way, when he comes back this time, he's not going to be the bruised and beaten lamb being murdered for our sins. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's going to be dishing out judgment and wrath for the wickedness of this planet, okay? In fact, folks, there's almost, listen, 2,000 prophecies mentioned in the Bible. One third of the Bible's content deals directly or indirectly with predictive prophecy, all of which has already been fulfilled, okay, or as you just saw, is on the verge of being so, okay? Therefore, the point is this. If, 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 if If Jesus fulfilled the 300 prophecies, uh, concerning his first coming, right down to the T, knocked him out of the park, what do you think he's gonna do with the, some 318 prophecies concerning his second coming? I'm thinking he's gonna knock those out too, okay? Now, speaking of uh, Jesus' second coming, as we saw there, one of the biggest obvious signs the Bible predicted nearly 2,000 years ago, how do you know you're getting in the last days, how do you know it's getting close for the return of the Messiah, his second coming, is that there would be some sort of a, some sort of a mark thingy, right? being pushed by this antichrist guy and his cohort the false prophet and it would be implanted in people all across the planet okay and this mark thingy whatever it is okay it would allow people uh, the ability to buy or sell right okay that's what we see okay and again i don't know about you guys but i i'm so glad that we see zero evidence of that thing coming any time soon folks again what i'm here to tell you just this is a little teaser it's a little bit teaser Let's say that, turn to somebody, little baby teaser, little baby teaser, of where we're headed on the final countdown study, man. You tell me, guys, if we're not getting close for the second coming of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago. Folks, for the first time in mankind's history, if you're paying attention on TV, they're running advertisements for the mark of the beast type technology to be implanted in your body right now in our generation. Here's just one commercial promoting it for you and I to take. Let's take a look at this
1: to think something so small can connect you to everything that matters
2: when your life and all you love are on the line HealthLink is always
0: with you when every second counts in the emergency room providing immediate access to your medical records
1: because Bob has trouble remembering all his medications
0: Because I'm in love with my kids' kids.
1: Because my car lost control while driving.
2: Because now I'm looking out for both of us. Because I have diabetes, but it doesn't have me.
0: Because I spend my life in the ER trying to save yours. Gosh, don't you guys feel safer already? You would just get this implant run into your body. I mean, it fixes all of our ills, doesn't it? For the first time in mankind's history, they're running commercials promoting a mark of the beast type technology. That's what's different about these days. Hello. Okay. And notice, uh, folks, I don't think this is by chance. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Notice by uh, where it is that they're starting to heavily promote this. It's in what region? The medical, the health realm. Aren't you glad that there's... Taking over the healthcare system. Wait till we get to that. Just a second, okay. Okay, now what you need to understand, folks, is this technology, it doesn't have just the ability uh, to store information. Of course it does, your medical information, but that's the tip of the iceberg. It can store any kind of information. Your ID, your social security card, uh, your biometrics, the whole nine yards, and this exact same technology, wonder of wonders, it also just has the ability uh, to be able to make financial transactions at the same time. You know, buy and sell stuff. Okay, and you might be out today, <laughs> Pastor Billy. That's that's crazy, man. All right, that's kind of freaky. They're starting to run Mark of the Beast type technology commercials uh, for the first time in mankind's history. That's kind of crazy. Okay, but I don't care how many commercials they run, man. There's no way that people on the planet are going to fall for this. this. Is so obvious. People know we've been warned for two thousand years. Nobody's going to take this thing. Yes, they will. They're not only running commercials for the first time in mankind's history, but we have now a whole new generation of people who listen for the last years, this book has been scoffed at. So they don't pick it up. And then as we saw with the rise of apostasy, churches don't preach this anymore, let alone Bible prophecy. So people don't know. They don't know what you and I know about this Mark of the Beast thing. And we have for the first time in mankind's history, a whole generation who's excited about receiving this kind of technology into their bodies like these people are. Let's take a look
1: at this. Uh, A procedure that takes only seconds to carry out and the chip is now extruded and we're finished. Has turned the Jacobs family into medical pioneers. They are the first people to get chipped. Implanted with a tiny device called a VeriChip that emits radio frequencies. It's a personal ID that also contains vital medical information. You can save a lot of lives, including my dad's because he has a lot of medical problems and I wanted to be around for a while. A handheld scanner reads the VeriChip. Theoretically, police, paramedics, and hospital workers would use the information during an emergency. Thousands of Americans are already lining up to get them. And Applied Digital Solutions, the company that developed the Verichip, says this might only be the beginning. Company scientists are already working on a global positioning system, similar to what you'd use in your boat or your car, but to track people. And like the Verichip, it would be small enough to implant in someone. Caught some sunburn, I guess. Nathan Isaacson's in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease.
0: I couldn't find my way home. Kind of embarrassing moment.
1: He already wears a beeper-like GPS gadget and was also injected with a Verichip. Implanting both devices would give him and his family more peace of mind. And Nate can't wait to be chipped. I'm ready. And you, I know you're ready. (laughs) Definitely ready. Yeah. I'm looking for the peace of mind.
0: Wow. Looks like those commercials have been doing the job. If you just take this implant, it's going to give you peace of mind? Folks, we don't only have the commercials promoting a Mark of the Beast type technology that that fits what Revelation 13 says, being promoted in commercials on TV, but you just saw people, it doesn't matter what age, little teenagers, seniors, everybody's excited about it. Woo! Can you believe that? But that's still at the tip of the iceberg. You might think, okay, listen, that's for those unfortunate crazy folks who just need to turn their TV off and stop being uh, conditioned to receive this thing, but not me, man. Woo, there is no stinking way I'm ever gonna go low with that thing. Nobody's putting one of them babies into my body. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Let's close in prayer. Unfortunately, I got more to go, okay? Uh, unfortunately, the text says in Revelation 13, it says force, okay? There's going to be a decision you have to make. Okay, you're going to be corralled into that. And if you don't think the time is ever going to come, folks, where our own government, unfortunately, yes, even here in America, will force us to take some sort of mark into our bodies, number one, you need to pay attention. Where is this being promoted? It's in a bunch of regions, Lord willing. We'll get to that in the final countdown study eventually, Lord willing. Okay, but one of the major ones is the medical industry, okay? Now, have we seen recently in our own history, even contrary to what our Constitution would say, that our government has forced us into something that we shouldn't? necessarily have had done it writes with health care haven't we number one recently been forced into the health care issue and were we not surprised by the ruling by the chief justice of the supreme court on that remember that yeah. listen to this number two if you don't think this is ever going to come folks you need to watch this clip that i got from congress back in the day by then senator joseph biden guess what he is today the vice president of the United States. And he is grilling in this congressional hearing, he is grilling uh, John Roberts as the candidate for the chief justices of the Supreme Court, who now is, okay? And you tell me if there's been no discussion and no plans by even unfortunately our own government of forcing people to receive some sort of microscopic tag into their bodies to track their every movement. Here's what he was asking him in that congressional hearing. Let's take a look
2: and we'll be faced with equally
0: consequential decisions in the 21st century. Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement? There's actual discussion about that. You will rule on that, mark my words, before your tenure is over. Can brain scans be used to determine whether a person is inclined toward criminality or violent
2: behavior? You will rule on that.
1: I think the real concern that most people have is that, you know, at some point the government would say, line up and get your chip. That's
0: not going to happen. No, sorry. Uh, What do you say? You will rule on that. Mark my words. Folks, you were paying attention. That was before he got into office, both of those men, where they're at today. And uh, if uh, now Vice President Biden uh, warned now Chief Justice Roberts that uh, they're talking about implanting microscopic tags into people to track their every move. I'm kind of thinking there's probably plans for people to have microscopic tags implanted in their bodies to track their every move. How about you? And what'd he say? He says, before your tenure is over. He's been in there for a while. I wonder when he's going to rule on it. Just like he did with healthcare. Wow, it's almost like it's all fitting together. Folks, and here's the whole point uh, with this, okay? I don't know about you, but uh, number one, it's time to wake up as a church, amen, of Jesus Christ. We better recognize the days that we live in and we better get motivated. Jesus Christ, this is exciting. Our Messiah is about to come back and get us his bride. Anybody excited? Okay, this is all, this is what it tells us. This is exciting news, okay? And it might be a whole lot closer than you think, so you better make sure you're ready, Okay, but here's the point. Bible prophecies, you can see, is a powerful way that God uses to show us the Bible really came from him. He gets it right every single time, 100% of the time, right down to the T, and that's why this man says this. He says, unlike any other book, the Bible alone offers specific multitudes of predictions some hundreds of years in advance that have literally been fulfilled. This shows us that the Bible alone contained things that only God could know and thus reveals its divine inspiration. Limited beings, you and I, Know the future if only it's told to them by an omniscient being if an omniscient being is known to exist and highly improbable Predictions are made in his name which come to pass without fail And that's exactly what we see then it's reasonable to assume that they are divinely inspired And if the Bible contains such predictions and it does they are a sign of the Bible's divine origins in other words, it had to come from God And this is why, as we've been seeing folks, you cannot have it both ways. You cannot agree with some of the Bible's teaching and then turn right around on the other side of your mouth and deny that it came from God. Because logically, Bible prophecy proves that the Bible is the genuine word of God. Anything short of that is hypocrisy. And unfortunately, so it is with the skeptics of the Bible. I understand that. I'm not being disrespectful, I used to be one. So I know about the hypocrisy. And the skeptics today, just like I used to do, spout off these bold claims that the Bible cannot be trusted. It's a book uh, whipped up by man, full of errors and contradictions, but people be encouraged today, what we hold in our hands is the genuine word of God. Okay, and as the church, when we see these signs taking place, it should motivate us. We have to recognize the golden opportunity that God is giving to you and I. This is also coming at the right time because our world is getting messed up. Because we see this kind of technology being encouraged uh, throughout uh, the planet that our world realizes our world is messed up. It's getting worse and there's no signs of letting down. And so our non-Christian friends are saying, what is going on? What is life all about? Where did I come from? Why do I exist? Is, where's all this evil coming from? And is there any hope? And it's high time that we, the church, get busy not just saying the Bible came from them, but showing them that it came from God. And the way that we do that is not only for their own benefit by us being diligent students of it. But folks, you need to realize, the Bible says the last days are a horrible time of deception. There's going to be such lies on our planet that that unless you know this book backwards and forwards, you even the elect could be deceived. So you better get in there. Or you might be led astray in the last days. Unfortunately, like these Christians were check out how it happened let's take a look
2: you know the term called itself really came to people's attention for many people the first time they ever heard the term was back in November of 1978 I'll never forget I was uh, leaving Manila that morning and I was flying to Singapore and I got on the airplane and people were reading the newspaper and everybody was saying I can't believe it how could it happen and I opened the newspaper and there on the Manila Times the headlines read 913 Americans from California commit mass suicide in Jonestown, Guyana and you remember the cover of Time magazine that week the cult of death telling the story of Jim Jones and the People's Temple in San Francisco and Jim Jones had moved out to California established what he called the People's Temple in the Bay Area gathered a group of followers around him and began to teach that he was the voice of God, he was the prophet of God on earth, that he alone had the truth. And he's so convinced over a thousand people here in California that he was the voice of God, the prophet of God on earth, that when he told them to move down to Guyana, British Guyana in South America and establish a commune called Jonestown, over a thousand people from the Bay Area moved to South America we hear on the last tapes where he's telling his followers that he is the Messiah that he is Jesus Christ himself And when he told him to drink poison 913 people from California took Dixie cups and they dipped into that vat of grape Kool-Aid laced with cyanide poisoning and they gave the poison to their babies and to their children and drank it themselves and that's that week Newsweek had on the cover the picture of 900 Americans their bloated bodies lying in the hot tropical jungle having committed mass suicide following a man who they believed was the voice of God the prophet of God on earth and people said how could it happen I mean how could you have a thousand intelligent Americans from California follow a man and be told to drink poison, and they commit mass suicide. It was interesting to me that the commander of the U.S. forces, who was responsible for going down to Jonestown and cleaning the camp out and bringing the bodies back for burial, when he returned to Dover Air Force Base, he held a press conference. He was a Christian. And I'll never forget one of the things the commander stated. He said, you know, the thing which interested us most about Jonestown, he said, when we clean the camp out, He said, we did not find a single Bible in all of Jonestown. Did you catch that?
0: Real people. Real Christians. They all died. They all got horribly duped. And there was no Bibles in their camp. Folks, I'm telling you, if you, you, you think that was a deceit, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm not downplaying that with all due respect. But the Bible is clear. Jesus, the first thing that he tells his disciples about the last days, it's a time of deceit, deceit, deceit. So powerful, the deceit. You better be on your guard, church, or you're going to get sucked into it as well. And if we don't want to fall for the Antichrist and the false prophets, lies that are coming on the planet, they're already here, folks. And you and I, especially here at Sunrise, we better make sure that we not only got Bibles in our camps, so to speak, in our homes, in our churches. But we need to read them. We need to study them. Because it does no good if you have one and you never open it up. You might as well not have any, even though it's right there. Let's be that kind of church this year That we're so equipped with God's truth That number one, we're not duped But we have such a great passion To reach those around us Who so desperately need to hear it Before it's too late Amen? Let's pray Well hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone Of Sunrise Baptist Church And I hope you enjoyed today's study But before you go Let me ask you one final question Are you sure that if you were to die today That you go to heaven And not hell? Before you answer that Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at seven zero two four five two eight five nine nine, or email us at bkrone at com, or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com.
2: Billy Crone and this ministry can
0: also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.